What is going on, everybody? I am your host, Saray Poole, and welcome to the very first episode of the Cover 6 Football Podcast. I'm very excited to get this podcast finally up and going. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I've been just eager and, you know, very just itching to get to create my own. So here I am, you know, starting my own podcast. There's a lot of stuff I want to cover, but before we get into all of that, I want to give you guys a gist of what I will be talking about on this podcast. It's going to be strictly just all football all year round. It's great that football is finally back. We're already four weeks into college football. We just finished up week three of the NFL season. So much that we can just talk about, and it feels great that football is finally back. So this podcast will cover the NFL draft year-round coverage, so you will have year-round just coverage of all any prospects, risers, fallers, prospects I like the most, prospects I dislike, guys I think are overrated. Man, just so much. In the future, I will have some NFL draft prospects on the podcast that I can interview. You guys will, you know, look forward to that in, in, the, in the near future. Um, man, we're just going to cover everything, all NFL news, college football news, anything football related, it will be on the podcast. So if you're a football fan, the Cover 6 Football Podcast is for you. So let's just jump right in, man. There's a lot I want to get into. Let's talk about Daniel Jones first. For all of you that know, Daniel Jones won the starting job, you know, for the New York Giants. It's about time. Eli Manning has been bad for quite a while. And I have to say the kid looked really good. I will admit I was one of the many people who criticized the Giants for drafting him at six overall when we all felt like he would have been later. They're available later in the first round, maybe even the second round. Um, I just thought Dwayne Haskins was the better quarterback. I still believe he is the better quarterback, but we don't know that because he hasn't played a game for the Washington Redskins yet, although he should because Case Keenum looked absolutely awful Monday night. Maybe the Bears defense is that good, but I also think Case Keenum is just, he's not a starter, he's a backup, you know, so... But Daniel Jones is making us eat our words. He looks like he can play in this NFL. He's a starting quarterback. He is their future quarterback. The Giants finally found their guys, so so be it. You know, they drafted him at six. It is what it is. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is not that great. Let's get one thing straight. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I will admit Todd Bowles is a is a good defensive coordinator. He has a good job of mixing up coverages, mixing up blitzes, you know, changing up his look, you know, disguising stuff. He's very good at that, but it's he didn't play the best defense in the world. But I'm not going to take anything away from Daniel Jones. He looked like he could play football at the next level, and he looked good. There's a lot of stuff I did like, his poise. Um, his mobility is a lot. He's a lot more athletic than a lot of people give him credit for. He's a bigger quarterback, but he can move. Man, he just looked good. And for the first time, it looked like the New York Giants, you know, offense and team around him just looked like they believed in their quarterback. You know, they haven't probably had that feeling in so long because Eli has been so bad. But it just looked like they trusted him, and you know, like they felt like they actually won a game, and they did. However, they probably shouldn't have won. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians, you know, took a delay a game late in that game and, you know, push the game-winning field goal back further. His comments were that um, he felt as if the kick was easier for his kicker because the kick was further. If you know football or if you don't know football, you would common sense would tell you, hey, if the closer the kick, the easier the kick. Another thing is their kicker missed two crucial kicks in the game. An extra point was blocked. He missed a field goal, I believe, or maybe vice versa. Either way, he missed two kicks. Had a chance to even, I'd have to kicked the football could have just went down there and tried to score but they settled um so that's that I I never understood in football why people play to go in overtime or 
you know, play conservative. Don't just kick a field goal. No, just put the ball in the end zone, and man, that's important. Just put the ball in the end zone. With the day that Mike Evans was having, there's no reason it should have been that hard. And the Giants defense is terrible. It's not hard to get the ball in the end zone on the Giants defense. They did it all game. It was a high-scoring game. They, there's no reason after your kicker misses those two kicks that you should have left the game in his hands. But back to Daniel Jones, there's a lot of stuff I liked. Um, his poise in the pocket, his arm talent. You can see the arm talent, his accuracy, his ball placement. He was sacked a lot, and the, the Giants offensive line is simply just not good. Nate Solder was good for the New England Patriots, and he came over to New York, and it's just not the same. Um, Saquon Barkley did injure himself in a high ankle sprain, I believe. They said he will be out four to six weeks. RIP to my fantasy team, so that sucks, but... Hopefully, hopefully he can have a, a speedy recovery, get back to 100%, because I would love to see him in the offense with Daniel Jones. Um, man, the Dan, Daniel Jones looked good, dude. He he was moving around in the pocket. He made some throws. He can extend plays, and that's one thing that Eli Manning couldn't do. He can't extend plays. Four total touchdowns. Man, the ability. There was a play. I seen him scramble out of the pocket and outrun a defender and get in the end zone. It's that type of stuff that he brings to the offense that Eli just hasn't hasn't been able to bring in so long you know he's just he's been out of his prime for quite some time so I feel like the Giants made the right decision um again I don't think that he will continue this crazy four touchdown performances week in and week out but hey you never know he could the Buccaneers defense is not the best defense I'm not going to take any credit away from Daniel Jones I will give credit where credit is due he played great but you played a team that doesn't have a lot of talent on defense. There are some key guys on the defense. For instance, Shaquille Barrett, eight sacks through, what, three games? The dude's balling, man. Undrafted guy. You know, never got the chance to really play a, a ton in Denver with the Broncos because of Devon Miller and the guys that were around. Um, but his hard work is paying off, man. He, he's on a tear. So that that's that. Todd Bowles is a good defensive coordinator. He does a good job of mixing stuff up, mixing coverages, you know, giving the quarterback different looks, but it's it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What will surprise me or what will, you know, make me turn my head is if Daniel Jones can keep up these performances, you know, with long, you know, later on in the season with better defenses and better teams they play. You know, I want to see him play, you know, against the Cowboys, the Eagles, those tougher divisional opponents. They have the Redskins next week, another very bad defense in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of talent on the defense, excuse me, but not enough to where, you know, He's not facing a very hard test. Again, I'm not taking any credit away from Daniel Jones. He looked great, but I, w- I just want to see him continue. I want to be consistent. I want to see him, you know, be consistent. Um, I think that the Giants made this move a little too late. I felt like Eli should have lost his job starting time. You know, lost his starting job a long time ago. Um, but I get it when somebody wins two Super Bowls for you, and he's been your, you know, starting quarterback for God knows how long. You know they. They tend to, you know, let things play out, let him fall off the ball, you know, fall off the cliff until his career is over. But, you know, man, if it was me, I would have got rid of Eli Manning. Um, $18 million, I think, is what he's due this year. And he's a backup. That's an expensive for a backup. But he may pay, it may pay dividends for him. You know, he may teach Daniel Jones a lot. It may help the Giants out in the long run. Um, so, again, I thought Daniel Jones looked fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing how he looks next week against Washington. Um, and, in the, you know, the week after that, I'm not sure how they play after Washington. I'd have to look that up. But, again, I just want to see him be consistent. He shows so many flashes of the arm talent, the ball placement, the accuracy, ability to extend the plays. Everything was there. You know, and in and on, if you guys are college football fans, there is a guy by the name of Chase Young. He's an edge rusher, defensive end for the 
Ohio State University. The dude is a monster, a complete beast. <laughs> I think he's a better prospect than Nick Bosa. Um, I don't think he's a better prospect. I, okay, I, I will say it. He, he's a better prospect than both Bosa brothers. Joey and Nick, Chase Young is a better prospect. He's a physical freak. He's more athletic. Um, I will say that watching Chase Young and watching the Bosa brothers when they were at Ohio State, their hand placement and hand usage, hand-to-hand combat, it was way, you know, way far along than where Chase Young is now. So Chase Young does have to approve a lot in that. Right now, he's beating, you know, tackles in the Big Ten strictly off of his strength, size, and speed and athleticism. Um, you can tell if, you know, if anybody watched Ohio State, you know, which you should, they're, you know, they're a top 10 team every year. But anybody who watched Chase Young last year to this year, he's made improvements, you know, with his pass rush skills. Um, his get off is ridiculously fast, man. He, the way he jumps off the line of scrimmage, it kind of reminds me of Miles Garrett. That's my, you know, comparison form. Um, I don't think he's athletically gifted like Miles is, but he's pretty damn close. Dudes, man, for the 2020 NFL Draft, Chase Young needs to be number one on everybody's draft board. He's number one on my draft board. For the longest, I was contemplating between him and Jerry Judy, Grant Delpy, Tua, Tagovailoa. Um, but right now, there's not one defender in the 2020 NFL Draft right now that is playing at a higher level than Chase Young. He's just been putting on the clinic. He has seven sacks in his first four games. Um, they're not playing the toughest competition. They do have a tough game against Nebraska on the road coming up. That'd be interesting to see. But again, you just—he looks just outstanding. Like if the Dolphins weren't in need of a quarterback, I believe he would be the number one overall pick. And who knows? It's September. The draft is in April. The Dolphins may think Rosen is their guy, and they may take Chase Young first overall. Who knows? That's you know something we may have to get into later down on the road. Um, but he he's just on a tear, man. Scouts have to love what they're seeing from the from the from the kid. He just looks great. He's bigger, stronger, faster than everybody out there. He just looks the part. He looks like he's you know preparing himself to be the best he can be. And so far, he is the best he can be. If I had to um, choose my top five draft eligible players right now, Chase Young would be one. You know, edge rusher from Ohio State. Jerry Judy would be two. Um, receiver from Alabama, Tua Tagovailoa would be three, Grant Delpit would be four, and AJ Epinesa, edge rusher from Iowa, probably would be five. Um, I'll get you guys a lot more information on those guys later on, you know, in another episode of the podcast. But for the most part, man, if you guys have not watched Chase Young, you know, next, you know, this upcoming Saturday, you guys got to tune in to this kid, man. He is a monster. He's got a lot of improving to do as far as techniques go, as every prospect does. But just he's flashing on tape, man. The stuff he's doing every Saturday is just unfair. He's beating double teams. He's just so athletically gifted that it's it's paying dividends for him right now. And I'm hoping that it he continues to improve. I'd love to see what the final product of him is, you know, down the road, his rookie year, second year in NFL, whatever it may be. Um, Another prospect that I really, really enjoy watching right now is Joe Burrow, quarterback from LSU. We all know LSU, the only thing that's ever held them back in recent memory has been what? The offense and a quarterback. They haven't had a quarterback to take them over the top since Jamarcus Russell, maybe. They've had guys who've been, you know, okay, average guys, but they never had that quarterback who you're like, damn. He's a Heisman candidate. He can be a draft-eligible prospect. He can maybe be a day-two guy, maybe even a day-one guy. 
And I know they have a new passing game coordinator, so this LSU offense is doing amazing stuff. The type of things they are putting up, the type of numbers they're you know putting up against opponents right now are ridiculous. Joe Burrow threw for six touchdowns on Saturday against Vanderbilt, and yes, it's Vanderbilt, but you throw for six touchdowns, man, that's got to say something. You know, the scheme he's playing in the offense has helped him a ton. And just four games, he's got over 1,500 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, two interceptions, a QB rating of 225.6. That is incredible. And if you've seen LSU play last year, Joe Burrow didn't look draftable to you. He didn't look like a quarterback who you would say, okay, yeah, we can maybe spend a pick on him one day. This year, he looks incredibly improved, man. The accuracy, the poise. As a play against Texas last week, they were at Texas. A huge, it may have been, I think it was third and long late in the game. Pressure, Texas sense of blitz. He stepped up in the pocket, took a shot, and delivered a dime on the money to really seal the game. He's doing a lot of incredible things right now that, you know, honestly, none of us seen this coming. You know, every year, prospects, there's that one guy who comes out of nowhere and just, you know, blows up. You know, 2019 NFL class, it was Quentin Williams. The year before 2018, nobody knew who Quentin William was. You know, it's kind of hard when you're playing for Alabama. You know, there's so much talent around you. You know, so he didn't get that shot. But when he finally got his opportunity, we were like, holy shit, this kid can play. He looks like Fletcher Cox to me. That's Quentin Williams I'm talking about. He looks like Fletcher Cox. That's my comparison for him. But we'll see how that works out. Um, but again, Joe Burrow, you guys, he he looks the part. He looks like he is, you know, like he has something to prove. I'm interested to see him play against tougher competition. Obviously, they will play Alabama this year, um, as they do every year. So that would be interesting for me to see. But as far as his prospects on the rise, it's got to be Joe Burrow. It's got to be the number one riser right now. I've seen a mock draft. I've seen a few mock drafts where a lot of people um, earlier on in the year were showing a lot of love to Jordan Love, the quarterback from um, Utah State. And rightfully so, he's a good quarterback. But if I had to choose a guy right now that's, you know, rising up boards, it's got to be Joe Burrow. He just looks incredible. This new offense has done great things, not only for him, his receivers. Everything just looks great. LSU always has a great defense every year, so that's never been an issue. But for the most part, he looks like a guy who, come April, could be somebody who is, you know, arguably a day one guy, a high for sure day two guy right now, the way he's looking. If he keeps putting up you know, performances like he's putting up, it's going to be hard to, you know, not spend a pick on the kid. Obviously, he hasn't went through the extensive draft process that everybody has to go to, but such a fantastic start to the season. You know, he's gotten everyone's attention. We know about Tua Tagovailoa from Alabama. We know about Justin Herbert from Oregon. This kid is, you know, putting his name in the hat, not only for the Heisman, but maybe, you know, one of the best draft eligible quarterbacks in 2020. Um, Next up, we do have the Cleveland Browns. Are the Cleveland Browns overrated? Oh, man. In my opinion, I won't say overrated, but I will say that they are struggling. You know, I predicted them to win the division, and I, by the looks of it, I could be wrong about that. Um, <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens look great. New and improved offense. Lamar Jackson's doing some incredible stuff. The defense is always good in Baltimore. They live and die by the defense. But I think Cleveland is really struggling with offensive line play one. They don't have the tackles 
or the offensive line play just in general as a you know collective group to do some of the stuff they want to do on offense. If you watch that Rams game, there were a lot of plays where when Baker Mayfield is getting the ball out quick, the offense looks great. He looks protected. He's not taking shots. He's not necessarily scrambling as much. He doesn't look like, you know, an average quarterback when the ball is coming out quick. When the Rams forced him to get the ball out quick on Monday, or was that Sunday night? Yeah, Sunday night, excuse me, Sunday night, he struggled. Um, there's a lot of plays where he's, as soon as the blitz is coming or his pressure, he just immediately gets out of the pocket and just scrambles right, and the play is dead. Those are some of the small things I like to see get corrected. And over time, I'm sure we'll get, get corrected. Baker Mayfield's an incredible quarterback, dude. He can play. Um, again, it's a rookie head coach in Freddie Kitchens. I kind of think he's overrated as a play caller. There were some very head-scratching plays in that game Sunday night where it was a fourth and eight or fourth and nine. It looked as if they were trying to just draw the defense off sides, and they snapped the ball, and it's a draw. They just hand it off to the running back, and he gets maybe three, four yards. In a game like that, so close, man, with defenses playing tough, if you're going to go for it, you've got to leave the ball in your quarterback's hands. That's step one. Um, they got to find ways to get everybody involved, man. It can't just be Odell. It can't just be Nick Chubb. They got to get Jarvis Landry more touches. You know, David Njoki was a big loss, you know, with the concussion and the broken wrist. That was huge. But they've got to find ways to get Higgins more touches. Um, they've got to get everybody just more involved. And that's one thing I was saying when all these guys are getting brought in. You know, it's just such a star-studded offense. There's only one football that can go around. So they've got to figure out ways how to get everybody incorporated in the offense if they can do that this team could you know be really really good um it's too early to me to you know to come off my prediction and say that they won't win the division there's 16 games you know anything is still possible obviously the division is tough with you know the, the ravens the stillers the Bengals. um maybe not so tough now that ben roethlisberger's heard mason rudolph has taken over the Bengals are just bad they're in my opinion they'll have another top 10 top 15 pick um, Andy Dalton has looked good this year, but I don't think he's, you know, after this year, I think it's time for them to part ways with Andy Dalton. Zach Taylor should probably, be, I'm, I'm sure he wants to bring in his own guy. In my opinion, should be Justin Herbert. You know, he would fit that scheme well, but you never know. It could be Joe Burrow, like I talked about Jordan Love. There's a lot of quarterbacks this year's class, man. Jake Fromm from Georgia. There's so many good, good guys who could, you know, really improve their stock as the year goes on. But, um... I'm going to say the Browns are overrated right now. I just think they're struggling to find an identity. I think once they find an identity, things will look a lot better for them. Um, you don't want to get too far behind the ball because their schedule is tough. They do have the Patriots coming up. Um, again, you still have your divisional games against the Ravens. Stiller's defense will be solid secondary, even with adding Mick Fitzpatrick is okay. But division for the most part, divisional games are always you know kind of tough. Um there's a lot of things they can correct. You know, keep feeding Nick Chubb the ball. The kid is running great. He's running hard. I just think that Freddie Kitchens has to find ways to reinvent himself as a play caller. I think he's a little overrated as a play caller and some of the stuff he's doing. Um, and Baker, I, I got to see him stop holding on to the ball too long when pressure's getting into his face. He can't just, you know, bell out out of the pocket, and, you know, and just try to make magic happen. You've got to stand strong in there. And there's a lot of plays in that game, man, where Baker doesn't have to roll out to his right or roll out to his left. He can just take the snap, read the defense. Okay, nobody's open. Just turn and run. Like I said, if you guys watched that Daniel Jones last run that, you know, that won them that game, he read the defense. Everybody has their back turns as a quarterback. He stepped up in the pocket and he ran in the end zone. Those are things that Baker Mayfield has to do if this team wants to be great this year because the potential is there. 
they can be really, really good. They just have to go and get it. There's a lot of things that Baker's not doing that he, you know, did last year to end the year. Now, a lot of people are saying he's regressing. I won't say he's regressing. I just think that he's still learning. This is only year two for him. Um, I think that there's a lot of stuff going on as far as finding, like I said, their identity, you know, who's going to get the most touches, things like that. If they can figure that stuff out, they'll be fine. But again, don't figure this out too late because they have a, a tough schedule, man. It's not it's not going to get any easier from here. It's going to be very interesting to see them play against the Patriots and how Belichick will scheme against the star set of offense. Um, that would be, you know, a legit test for me. The Rams, you know, defense was a test, but the Patriots defense looks like probably the best in the NFL right now. They look great. So that would be huge to see um, how Baker plays against that defense, how the team overall, how Freddie Kitchens, you know, improves or does not improve his play calling. That'd be important to me. Um, if they can come together as a team and find ways to win ball games, man, he's got to win ball games. Miles Garrett looks great. He's what second in NFL in sacks right now. He has six sacks. Um, again, the offensive line play, man, their tackles aren't that good. So Baker can't can't afford to hold the ball too too quickly. A lot of their success in that game against the Rams was RPO, you know, quick pass run option type stuff, man. Just get the ball out of his hands quick. That's what was, you know gaining a lot of success for them if they can do that they'll be fine moving on to the college football week for a recap same old Notre Dame you guys I every year Notre Dame does this to us where they come in as a top 10 team and there's so much hype surrounding them and oh they're so good you know Ian Book is good Brian Kelly's the head coach you know top recruits they just don't win games against the tough opponents they I think man I, I can't remember the exact number but they have an awful record against top 10 teams and it's just getting worse if you watch that game against Georgia this is a very winnable game for Notre Dame but again they just <laughs> find ways to choke the game away man there's just I just I, I I'm done with Notre Dame I don't think that they can you know be a team that we can continue to talk about as this top 10 team every year competing for a national championship. And when it comes down to it, they don't win the big games. College football playoff last year against Clemson got destroyed. We all remember the the butt whooping they took by Alabama years ago in the national championship, but Maintine Tail was on that team. Um, man, a few, two, what, two seasons ago, it was a top 10 matchup, I believe, between Miami and Notre Dame. Miami destroyed Notre Dame, man. Just out-athleted them. Just speed all over the field, man. Notre Dame just couldn't handle it. They just, big games are just, they don't perform well in big games. For whatever reason, they just can't, you know, win those games. It is interesting to see how they play against USC. USC looks better than I thought they would, even with their backup quarterback starting. They look better. Um, With that one loss, I don't expect Notre Dame to get in because their schedule right now looks okay but we'll see you know how it looks later on in the year you know depending on how what you know teams wins and loss records are but I, I think it's time to move on I think when you're thinking about the elite college football teams there's Clemson Alabama Georgia Oklahoma Ohio State and I think Notre Dame is just a notch below those teams they're not elite because they don't win those big games um all those other teams I named Oklahoma Ohio State Alabama Georgia, Clemson, those teams all have the ability to win those big games, and they have won those big games. Um, Notre Dame is just not it. I, don't, I can't consider them a college football playoff team right now. Um, something I won't say I was looking forward to, but I was look, kind of looking forward to more of the response from, you know, the fan base I you know we would get was Central Florida's loss to Pitt on the road. 
Obviously, they were the self-proclaimed quote-unquote champions of 2018. Didn't lose a game. Um, again, when a team, what they won 26 games in a row. I think they did deserve some top 10 respect. You know, when a team wins that many games in a row, you got to put them in the top 10. You know, they beat some Power 5 teams. Um, they beat Auburn, lost to LSU. But again, they're competing in those games. I think that team did deserve to, you know, they did deserve to get top 10 respect. I will say that. they When you win, again, when you win that many games in a row, it's it's hard not to to look at them and say, hey, we got to, you know, rank them inside the top 10. So that year, man, they beat Auburn, what, undefeated, didn't lose a game. It's come off a season like that. I feel like they should have been in the top 10 coming into the year. No, 2018, they had one loss, which was to LSU in the bowl game. So I'm assuming, what was it, 2017 is the year they probably went undefeated. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm just spitballing it here, but I'm almost positive 2017. Yes, 2017, when Scott Frost was the head coach. 13 and 0. 2017 is when they were considered the national championships on, you know, by their own standards. Obviously, they weren't the national champions. But, you know, another thing is schedule people. If you want to get the respect that you think you deserve, you got to schedule people you know, those Power 5 schools that will garner you respect. They played Stanford this year, blew out Stanford, but is Stanford really a top team in the Pac-12? No, they haven't been a top team in the Pac-12 in a while. Um, You know, put a team (laughs) like Miami on the schedule. Put a team like Florida State on the schedule. You know, just schedule better out-of-conference games and people will start to respect you more. Um, Play a better opponent than Stanford. Stanford's okay, but if you want to get that respect, man, you got to put better power five you know conf- you know teams on your schedule those out of conference games have to mean a lot because your conference is no good they don't play anybody inside the conference so if they can find a way to schedule better out of conference games man then maybe we could see them down the road get into the playoff i am a believer that the college football playoff should be expanded but that's another you know discussion for another time um another thing is man is california the real deal california is undefeated in the pac 12 right now you know, they haven't played the toughest competition, but they, that one win against Washington on the road was huge. They beat UC Davis, and it's not really a tough opponent. It's UC Davis. They beat North Texas. That was a close game. So maybe, you know, we'll see. They beat Mississippi on the road, Ole Miss. Um, they do have two huge games coming up against Arizona State at home, and then they have to travel to Austin Stadium to play Oregon. That'll be an, an incredible game to really see who is, you know, really the leader in the Pac-12. I thought, I still believe Utah's going to win the Pac-12. That's my pick right now. Um, I Now is my preseason pick for them to win. Maybe not after the performance they put on against USC. Looked, just struggled in that game. So we'll see what, you know, what California's really made of. Long, like I said, a long season really left, you know, for them to play. But their schedule is, you know, it, it gets kind of thick right here. Arizona State at home. You got to go to Oregon. Oregon State's no good. They do have to travel to Utah. Washington State comes there. Washington State, um, man, that offense is always tough to defend. That air raid is, you know, something crazy. You know, that quarterback threw for nine touchdowns on Saturday. That's unheard of. <laughs> um, they do play USC at home. They do have to play Stanford later on in the year. So we'll see how that looks. But we'll really see what this team is made of with the Arizona State coming in on Friday. That's what, the 27th. And then October 5th, that they have to go to Oregon. So expect those tough matchups to, you know, be important for a team who's currently undefeated right now. 
Oh, man, who else was going on in the college football world? There was a lot of games this weekend, man. Alabama looks great. <laughs> Again, every year they look great. Just fantastic, man. Tua looks great. Um, a lot of the things I wanted to see him improve on as a prospect, you know, holding on to the ball too long, always taking a deep shot. You know, um, last year, he they, they, when, you, when you make so many, you know, splash plays, so many big plays down the field with the receiving core, they have, you know, the best in the country, Henry Ruggs. Smith, obviously Jerry Judy, the best, you know, receiver in college football, arguably the best route runner we've seen at the collegiate level since Odell Beckham, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, when you make so many plays down the field, you know, they, they, he always wants that big play. And I thought in that national championship game, Clemson did a good job last year of, you know, disguising stuff, confusing him. Um, now it looks like this year he's done a lot more of, you know, just taking what the defense gives him. He's taking the check down. He's not always trying to take the big throws. Um... Man, he, he the team just looks fantastic right now. And Clemson, um, Trevor Lawrence, obviously everybody thinks he's going to be the top overall pick in 2021. Um, I won't get too much into that right now, but he hasn't looked, you know, he's, he's looked human. I'll say that. He's looked human. He, he's not looking like the Trevor Lawrence from last year. And I thought, you know, a lot of the things that were getting said about him were unfair about, you know, after the year he had. He should sit out, you know, he doesn't want to hurt his draft stock, you know, he doesn't want to risk an injury, man. These kids are out here to play football. He's not going to do anything like that. These kids want to compete at the highest level, and that's what he's going to do. But Clemson looks great. Travis Etienne, arguably a Heisman um, candidate, my opinion, RB1 for the 2020 class. He looks awesome, man. Um, his speed, his burst, he, he man, he, he just gets the ball, and in any second, he can just take it to the house. He is just a house call at any given moment. Reminds me a lot of Chris Johnson, the way he can just burst through the hole and just accelerate. Um, man, Isaiah Simmons, also a linebacker on Clemson, in my opinion, a first-round talent for the 2020 NFL Draft. Very versatile guy, can play safety, play linebacker. Um, Clemson's just loaded. Every well dabbles when he just recruits well, man. It's every year. Man, I don't know. I know it's early, but like I said, Clemson... Right now, Trevor Lawrence, I think he can improve on a lot of things. He's still young, man. He's got a lot to learn, a lot to grow, as every football player does. But Alabama looks great. Clemson looks great. And Ohio State, Justin Fields. I, Ohio State hasn't played the toughest competition, but I was excited to see how Justin Fields would look as a quarterback and an offense with Ryan Day, the weapons around him. J.K. Dobbins is also another great running back for this 2020 um, NFL class, draft class. A lot of running backs in that class, man, that are just looking great right now. But Justin Fields is, man, putting up incredible numbers. Again, they haven't played anybody tough. Florida Atlantic, Cincinnati, Indiana, Miami, Ohio. They put up 76 points this past week on Miami of Ohio, 76-5. to Beat Cincinnati 42-0. Beat Florida Atlantic 45-21. Indiana 51-10. So you can see the teams they're playing right now are not great. Obviously, the schedule gets a little thicker this weekend. Um, they got to travel to Nebraska. Next week, it'll be Michigan State coming there. That's always going to be good. Northwestern is no good to me. The biggest game, in my opinion, right now, the way Wisconsin has looked, that may be the game of the year so far, Wisconsin versus Ohio State. Um, man, Jonathan Taylor, running back for Wisconsin, man, he looks fantastic. He looks like he is just just continues to get better and better and better this running back class is loaded this year and he is in my opinion rb3 um very worthy of rb1 rb2 status but the way that travis Etienne and deandre swift look i just think that you know swift is a better pass catch right out of the backfield than taylor is um 
they both can carry the load. You know, was you know Taylor the thing that scares me, and obviously I'm sure scares scouts is the amount of carries he's gotten. You know, in the past three seasons of a ton of carries, but man, he he looks great, man. And can we talk about Michigan? <laughs> Michigan every year is similar to Notre Dame. They have a lot of preseason hype coming into every season. They always get the high, you know the the preseason high rankings, and once again, they don't show up in big games either. I think it is time for Michigan to move on from Harbaugh. I am not a fan of Shea Patterson. Um, he is not good to me. Um, that's just my personal opinion. No, nothing against Shea Patterson or Harbaugh. I just think they, it's time for them to go in another direction. Um, coming into that Wisconsin game, yeah, they were undefeated. But that Army game, man, they almost lost to Army. And Army plays a lot of people tough. Last year they took Oklahoma, you know, deep in, deep in the game. Almost beat Oklahoma. Um, but... They're just Michigan, man. I'm just – I think it's time we stop overrating Michigan. Their offense has been average. Their defense is always good, but that certainly was not the case on Saturday, man. Wisconsin won 35-14. Jonathan Taylor ran rabbit doing whatever they wanted to do with the football, man. It just – they were unstoppable. Michigan's defense looked strictly like Swiss cheese. It was it was a terrible performance on defense. Um, you know, again, Michigan, I'm, I, I think it's time for them to go in another direction for Harbaugh. Put in the McCaffrey brother. Dylan McCaffrey needs to be starting at quarterback. Shea Patterson is not the answer. And they have a good stable of receivers. Donovan Peoples-Jones is one another receiver to look at for the 2020 class. But have a good stable of receivers. Always have a good running game. The quarterback plays will hold them back, in my opinion. They've got to, I think, they won't, they're, I don't think they're going to move on from Shea Patterson, but they should. That's, it's, Michigan is just another team, like I said, just, they, they don't win the big games, man. It's It's hard for a team like that who always recruits well. You know, it's surprising that since Harbaugh has been <laughs> at Michigan, he hasn't beat Ohio State once. And those are the type of things that get coaches fired. It happened a lot at Mark Ritt. Um, at Georgia, couldn't win the big game. He eventually went to Miami. Um, those, if you, you can't beat your rivals or those those in-conference games. Those are huge, man. Those are huge, huge, huge games. You've got to win those games. Um, another prospect that's looked, again, looked great the past couple weeks is Jalen Hurts. Obviously, when he was at Alabama, he lost his position to Tua. And we, I will say this now. Tua is the better thrower of the football, better accuracy, better ball placement. His mechanics inside the pocket, he's more fluid. He's better. He's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. But it looks like Jalen Hurts has a lot to prove, man. He is looked like a very, very good quarterback right now. Um, a couple years ago, a lot of people didn't think he'd be, you know, draftable at quarterback. Yeah, a lot of people wanted him to switch positions. You know, hey, play running back. I mean, play receiver, H-back, tight end. Um, and happy for him that he didn't. He stuck with it. And Lincoln Riley is a quarterback genius. We see what he did with Baker Mayfield and then Kyler Murray and now with Jalen Hurts. Um, I do believe he plays in a system that can cover up a lot of his weaknesses. But um, as time goes on, you know, with experience, and he has a ton of experience playing at Alabama for the, for that long. But I think he still has a lot to, hold, uh, to, to work on. He's still holding the ball a little too long, waiting for receivers to be wide open, you know. Um, anticipation on his throws could be a lot better but again it's you know when you're playing an offense that he plays in it's very hard to to not be that good you know with the, the receivers he has around the running backs around the Oklahoma defense has looked a lot better um we'll see how that goes later on in the year when they play tougher opponents when they play Texas um Oklahoma State so we'll see how they look then but for the most part, Jalen Hurts, man, you, you gotta love what you see from the dude. He's should be dra- you know, should be rising up everybody's draft boards right now. Again, it's an early season, but 
the kid looks great, man. He's doing everything you want him to do. He's saying the right things on and off the field. Um, he just he looks he looks like he can play. And Oklahoma, once again, in my opinion, will win the pack. Not pack, excuse me, not the Pac-12, the Big 12. Um, you know, I I think that they're always the, the cream of the crop in that conference every year. It's never going to change. Another, excuse me, another <coughs> prospect that looked really well to me, excuse me, really good to me was Derek Brown, the D-tackle from Auburn. Man, he is just a, a force up front on the D-line, man. He's great play strength, great play speed, man. Very strong D-tackle, gets off of blocks, man. He stuffs the run very well. The kid just, he does a lot of good things for that Auburn defense. Um... Uh, that's Auburn, too. They're 4-0 this year. The SEC, you know, it'd be interesting to see how the SEC shakes up with the way LSU looks, the way Alabama looks, obviously, Auburn. And this maybe could be the year. We haven't seen him in a while. This could be the year that LSU actually beats Alabama. It's early, but just, just saying, Joe Burrow looks great. Um, again, Oregon going into Stanford 21-6. Justin Herbert looked well. Um, quarterback from Oregon. Um, again, another, in my opinion, he will be a first-round pick in 2020. 19-24, 259 yards, three touchdowns. He just looked great, man. He's got the all the size and the traits that the scouts love. A lot of people believed he, you know, um, he would have been a first-round pick if he had left last year. I think the best thing for him was returning to school. The way he ended the year wasn't so great. But returning to school was huge for him. I think that's very, I think it's going to help his draft stock. Um, again, he looked awesome, man. Anticipation on his throws. He has a great arm talent. If you've seen Justin Herbert in Oregon play, man, he, he, the ball placement, strong arm. He can make any NFL throw. He looks like he can, you know, like he's going to be a top, you know, 15 to 20 pick in my opinion. I don't even think he goes that far. With the team, so many teams, I think that, you know, are in contention to draft a quarterback. He could be top five, top 10, depending on what, you know, who's drafting where. Um, UCLA and Washington, 67 <laughs> to 63. Your typical Pac-12 football game, <laughs> zero defense being played. Um, man, Anthony Gordon, the quarterback for Washington State, 41-61, to 61, 570 yards, nine touchdowns. <laughs> yes, that's correct, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, it's crazy to think that Washington State can lose a game when your quarterback throws for nine touchdowns, but that is the case. They blew a 32-point lead. UCLA finally won won a game, 67-63 again. Um, and Dorian Thompson Robinson, man, five quarterback for UCLA, 507 yards, five touchdowns, one pick. This was your typical, like I said, typical Pac-12 game. No defense being played. It's crazy to think that you can, you know, be up 32 and blow a lead like that at home and lose, but it happened. Um, I'm not a Chip Kelly believer, man. Listen, I think Chip Kelly never got hired at UCLA. I don't know if they were just desperate and desperate need of a coach. Or what, what the situation was, but I would have went another direction. Um, I don't think UCLA is a good football team. I think that Chip Kelly won't last too much longer there. He, it's, he's not a good college coach, in my opinion. He was a very overrated um, NFL coach. He, his prime was at Oregon. I think he's been out of his prime as a coach for quite some time now. Um, other than that, man, I, I seriously think that Pac-12 is up for grabs right now. I thought it was going to be Utah. Again, it's still early, but the way Utah looked and the way Oregon's looking, Oregon could maybe, you know, take over that conference and actually win the conference. I don't think they've won a conference uh, in a while, actually. It's been a few years, I believe. Um, another thing I'm looking forward to is AJ Epinesa, edge rusher from Iowa. 
man, top 10 talent. If you haven't seen him play, you're missing out. Dude is a stud. He's playing great this year. Um, he was a rotational player last year for whatever reason. He still put up ridiculous numbers as a rotational player. This year, he's finally a full-time starter, and, you know, Iowa's 3-0. Defense is always looking great, man. He's just doing a, a ton of great things. You know, their schedule has been pretty solid. I, I wouldn't say solid. It's been okay. Miami of Ohio, they blew out records. They blew out Iowa State. was a good game. They had Middle Tennessee this weekend, and after that, you know, it gets a little thicker at Michigan, Penn State, Purdue, Northwestern, at Wisconsin. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, him stuff the running it's Jonathan Taylor that Wisconsin game you know weeks from now and that that'd be huge to see but other than that man I, I seriously think that AJ Epinesa another guy to keep your eye on you know if, if you're again a Big Ten football fan college football fan another prospect who can go in the first round without question top five talent top ten talent you know he's he's very 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 good um, that is it, ladies and gentlemen. That is going to wrap up today's show. I want to thank you for sitting in with me, listening to the first episode. I will be back soon with more content. Um, so, again, that's today's show. I appreciate you. Thank you.